I'm Katie. And I'm Coley. Welcome to the SVU Coven podcast, Little Witch Detectives. Hi. Hi, how are you? I'm good, how are you? I'm good. <laughs> we have a very um, unique thing that's happening, so I want to go ahead and get started, if that's cool with you. Yeah, that's cool with me. Okay. So, should we start our witch talk? Yes. Let's see. So, I guess I will go first. Um, so, the witch talk is our corner of the intro of our show where we catch up with each other to therefore catch up with you guys. Um, I always giggle a little bit because it's kind of redundant since Coley and I talk every day. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> that said, um, what's been going on with me? So, I moved. I'm in uh, my new apartment as of right now and we love it we love it um so that's super exciting um i also just got a big raise at work so that's good too um (laughs) yeah i'm super excited uh more to come on that for sure um and then also the past couple days i've been in and out of the animal hospital because my cat Dexter had to have not one but two emergency surgeries. Um, Dex, I know, but he's doing better. He's currently in my bathroom recovering, so he'll be in recovery for the next two weeks or so. Um, so if you guys could send some good vibes his way, I would really appreciate it. Um, yes. Yeah, he basically his urinary tract like obstructed, uh, which is a genetic condition in cats um and he couldn't go to the bathroom so they had to go in and like clear his bladder out um it could happen again but most likely it won't we're gonna change his diet and he's on like six different medications so um, yeah he literally last night he was so loopy from the anesthesia that he was like running into walls and stuff and he looked like he was drunk he had, like, this blind confidence that he could just do whatever he wanted to do, and then he would stand up to do it, and then he would just fall over. Yeah. And it was so cute, but sad. Um, but he's doing better now. Now he's sedated, so he's just like, I'm a chill here and nap. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, he's doing better. Um, that said, I appreciate all the good vibes uh, sent his way so that we can get him through this recovery period. Um but yeah, it's it's one of those things in my life where I took like two steps forward, one step back, but <laughs> um trying to look at the positives in everything. Um and hopefully yeah. eventually one day my life will slow down a little. It will. <laughs> um that said, I guess that is my witch talk. That's good. <laughs> So, my witch talk is I got a new job last week. Yay! I um, am going to be an ice cream scooper at a local ice cream shop. That's so cute. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's something that I've wanted to do all my life since I was a little kid. Um, And then I started physical therapy last week as well. Um... For those of you who don't know, I've had problems with my back for about three weeks now. Um, My low back has been hurting, and I went to the doctor, and they sent me to PT. Um, 
just to kind of figure, like, figure out what was going on and help me get rid of the pain. Um, so my hip flexors are weak, which are the muscles that run down into your thighs. Um, and I have an arch in my low back, um, mainly because of how big my butt is. <laughs> but <laughs> um, so we're trying to correct that and um, strengthen up my hip flexors and hopefully that'll work. Yeah. Yeah. That's my witch talk. <laughs> I love that we both, we were like, here's a good thing, but also a bad thing. Here's <laughs> a bad thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but speaking of good things. Yes, yeah, speaking of good things, um, this episode currently is being filmed um, on Zoom because um, many of you remember last episode, I said that I had an interview and that interview was for News 12 New Jersey um, talking about being a survivor of sexual assault um, for a story that they're doing. And they wanted some footage of us recording the podcast. So we're getting footage of us rep- recording the podcast. Yeah. So also, so. like, Coley and I have never met in person which I think is important Um, because if you don't know, if you're a new listener, we record like remotely Um, Mm -hmm. and it's kind of crazy because we've known each other for years and Coley's one of my best friends, but we've never actually hung out in person, which I think makes our podcast a little more unique. Um, So that said, like recording on Zoom is very new to us. Yeah, so if we're laughing a little bit more, it's because we're nervous. Yes, there's probably some nervous laughter. I feel like I'm, like, on stage. Um, But if this is something that's, like, super fun and fresh, we might uh, continue to do it in the future. Um, So I just wanted to say that, not to take away from the announcement, but um, I'm just thinking ahead. If we like this and we can get past our nervousness, then (laughs) maybe it's something we could do. And upload somewhere. Definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. But super exciting. We're going to be on TV. Yes. <laughs> like, hi, mom. <laughs> um, but one thing I, I did want to talk about before we uh, move on to, like, our uh, announcements or whatever is earlier in this week, I had to contact my lawyer. And that sounds so official, but it's my best friend's mom. <laughs> who <laughs> who like basically contributed to raising me so she <laughs> she's not like a, an official lawyer that I pay but I wanted some legal advice for her um pertaining to some stuff when I moved and it was crazy because the only time she could talk to me is when she was taking a walking dinner so she had like a few minutes to leave court to walk so she could eat and get a little bit of exercise in Sorry, there's loud cars outside. And um, I just kind of thought that was crazy because she she even when she called me, she was like, I can't really talk now. So can you call me tomorrow? Because every single day I'm in court all day into the night. Mm -hmm. And 
that kind of sparked a debate with Coley and I about how like the legal system is right now. Yeah. And I think it's interesting because it seems like they're just now catching up from the pandemic. Yeah. Um, and everything is booked and crazy. Yeah. I mean, my experience, um, I'm starting a new podcast because I like doing podcasts. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but this one is about, um, helping survivors of sexual assault heal and it's called thrive in the light and that's coming soon. So stay tuned. Um, but I got my first guest and my first guest is Judge Rosemary Aquilina, who you may know from the Larry Nasser case. She was the judge in Larry Nasser case. Anyway, um, we're trying to find out a time for us to record. And she said, well, it's going to have to be evenings or weekends because I have a full docket because of COVID. We're just getting caught up. So, yeah. Yeah, I just think that's interesting because... I hadn't really thought about it since it doesn't directly affect me, which may be selfish, but I just, like, wasn't thinking about it until my lawyer slash best friend's mom um, was telling me, like, how booked even she is. And it, and she yeah. lives in a small town in Georgia, so I can't even imagine on the grander scale of, like, what's going on in the legal system right now. And furthermore, why is nobody talking about it? Yeah. I mean, the legal system is notoriously slow anyway. That's true. But add COVID on top of it, and it's just like, forget it. Yeah, and I'm kind of curious if this is... I apologize, y'all. There, uh, My new apartment is next to a really busy street because it's basically like living in the city. So if you hear cars going by or ambulances or whatever, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still trying to figure it out. Um, but, yeah, I think it could be interesting to see if NBC and Law & Order does something, like, talking about this, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, because they do a good... They In the past, were doing a good job on SVU of incorporating COVID and making it more, like, streamlined to what's going on. Yeah. So I'm wondering if this is going to be something that they tackle if they have any court cases coming up soon. Um, yeah. So it is interesting. I just felt like we should talk about it because I feel like it's adjacent to what we talk about in the show. <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> yeah, but definitely interesting. I'm also interested in knowing like people that had to go to court for whatever reason and were being held like in a prison temporarily... Um, Mm -hmm. or, you know, like held somewhere in a facility that they were maybe supposed to be there for a day or two waiting for arraignment. Right. But then COVID happened and they end up staying there until now, like two years later. Um, I just find that incredibly fascinating and I'm I'm sure there's going to be documentaries on it on Netflix in the future, but, Mm -hmm. um, it's fascinating to me that because it's interesting, but also because no one's talking about it. Yeah. Um, so as always, if you guys have any input about that, feel free to reach out to us. Yes, and that was definitely. my my nonchalant segue into my social media plug. 
Um, if you want to get in touch with us, there's a few ways you can do that. Uh, the best way is via Instagram. We're at SVU Coven on Instagram. You can shoot us a DM there, comments on our posts. We're the most active over there. So any big announcements or if you want to ask us a question to be on the show, if you're interested in sponsoring us, anything like that, we'll respond on Instagram pretty quickly. Um, we're always on our phones. So, yeah. Um, that's the best way to reach us but we are also on discord so if you want a more intimate one-on-one type experience with us you can join our discord server the link is in our instagram bio so while you're following us on instagram you can hop over to discord uh it's free and it's kind of like slack in that there's different chat rooms for different reasons so if you want to talk to us about tarot and witchcraft you can all things svu are there if you want to ask us something or book us for a reading All of that happens over on the Discord, and we would love to have you join the Coven. The link to the Discord does expire after seven days, so you want to get in there as quickly as you can. If you find that the link in our bio is expired, you can always DM us, and we will uh, send you a fresh one. Um, However, (laughs) if Instagram and Discord are not mediums that are speaking to you in this moment, you can always shoot us an email. Coley checks our Gmail regularly. So they will respond if you email us, especially if you're interested in sponsoring the show or being a guest on the show. Um, yes. Our email is svucoven at gmail.com. Um, and I think that's it. Yeah. So here's your episodic reminder to rate, review, and subscribe. Um, rating and subscribing are the most important. They tell the algorithm that people are listening to us and that people like us and they will then recommend us to other people um reviewing is just really really nice we've lost all of our reviews when we switched podcast hosts um we're still holding strong in that one review (laughs) (laughs) but yeah um we'd love to get more and we'll read them on the show and we take feedback So if you have any feedback, whether it's positive or constructive, um, let us know and we'll read it on the show. Yeah. Yeah. So are we ready to get into our self-love affirmation? Yes. I just want to give one quick disclaimer. Um, My cat is trying to scratch the door to come out of the bathroom. So if you guys hear that, it's just Dexter, but he's okay. Okay. Um, it just sometimes gets loud because he hits the doorstop thing and then it's like, bring. <laughs> so I just didn't want anyone to be alarmed. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. We're good. Okay. Um, so our self-love affirmation this week is I don't need anyone's approval. I approve of myself and have confidence in myself. Word. So. If you are not driving, I invite you to close your eyes and take a few deep breaths and meditate on that. If you are driving or otherwise operating heavy machinery like a forklift, um, please do not close your eyes. (laughs) However, do keep breathing. (laughs) Um, And also, I invite you to meditate on that. as you wish. Yeah. I love that our self-love affirmation has a bunch of disclaimers now yes. as we've gone along. <laughs> We're like, please breathe. <laughs> Don't close your eyes while you're driving. Please breathe. But please breathe. 
Oh, goodness. <laughs> so good. Um, so, are we ready to get into the episode? Let's do it. Okay. So, the summary comes from IMDb. Um, not sponsored, but would love to be. Um, and it's the tragic shooting death of a young girl leads investigators to a little boy. They soon realize that the gun used has been used in another crime scene. We open up at a school play yard where the children are playing, and it's a, and I put basketball with a dodgeball question mark in. Yeah, what is up with that? Because um, it appears that's what they're playing, and that's what they're playing with. <laughs> they make it work. Yeah, and two young boys. At that, ooh, I, before I continue, I just want to say I realize that. That could be the only kind of ball that they have, that they may not have a basketball, um, because this is an inner city school. Um, so I don't want to be like, well, they should have a basketball if they're going to play basketball. No, that's not what I'm saying. It just was a little bit shocking when I first saw it. Yeah, and it's also a detail that I think if you haven't uh, watched SVU the way that we have, you might not notice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, uh, two young boys are at the gate talking to some teenagers slash adults. The teacher, who we later find out is the vice principal, um, walks over to, to them to give the dodgeball and get them away from the gate. A gunshot rings out and the little girl is hit. The rest of the kids run off the playground, leaving the teacher behind, begging for help into the walkie-talkie she's carrying. In the squad room, Craig informs the squad that there's been a shooting at a school in East Harlem, and a six-year-old girl died at the scene. Munch asks why they caught it, and Craig says the brass thinks they'd be better equipped to handle the shooter. Elliot says, bring on the perv. In walks seven-year-old Elias Barrera, Nicholas Saldago, uh, with two uniformed officers. And I done done. Yes. Yeah. I love a child uh, case like this. Yeah. I just find yeah. it so interesting. Um, it also tugs on the heartstrings. Yeah. And I love, like, Elliot is like, bring on the perv, you know? Like, let's see him. And then it's a kid that walks in. Because I think yeah. it's indicative of the shock value of SVU. Which yeah. I love. Yeah. Pretty cool. Um, so then we done done. <laughs> and then um, back in the squad room, Elias is playing with dinosaurs. And Olivia, outside the room, asks if he looks like a cold-blooded killer. Cragen asks about the parents, and Olivia says they both called, out, called in sick from work today. And no one knows how to find them. Finn asks if you can even charge a seven-year-old with murder, and Craigan says technically he just made the cutoff. Mr. Barrera, Robert Montano, Montano, sorry, I don't know why I'm talking that way, <laughs> walks in with his wife, the ever-talented Sarah Ramirez. Fun fact, in 2005, Sarah Ramirez won a Tony Award for her performance in Spamalot. What else is she in? That She's also in Grey's Anatomy. Right, right, okay. Um, she plays Dr. Callie Torres. Yes, because I was like, in this episode, she's so young 
that yeah. I almost don't recognize her. And then halfway through, I'm always like, wait, she's in something else that I watch. And it's, it's Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and asks for Olivia. Um, Mrs. Barrera says that the voicemail left so that Elias was involved in a shooting and was concerned that they gave the address of the police station and not a hospital. She asks if Elias is alive. Um, Olivia apologizes for the misunderstanding and says Elias wasn't the one who was shot, but he was the shooter. Elliot asks Mr. Barrera if he owns a gun or his son has access to a gun. Mr. Barrera mentions that he doesn't know how Elias would have any access to a gun, says he's either at home, school, or at a sitter's, Mrs. Strata's. Um, he asks to see Elias, and Mrs. Strata is played by Gloria Is is it Ar- Yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was getting the R's and the I's mixed up. It's a very complicated <laughs> last name. Yes. And in comparison with her very normal first name. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, Munch asks Finn if he ran them through the licensing division. To which he replies, yes, but they don't have any guns registered. And he, Mr. Barrera, question mark, has no history with the legal system. Um, I wasn't sure if they were talking about Mr. Barrera or Elias here. That's why I put Mr. Barrera in parentheses with a question mark. Mm. Um, The Barreras are led to a room explaining that they were in the ER all morning. Their baby daughter was born with respiratory problems, and they had to leave her at the hospital. Elias walks in, and he hugs his parents. Elliot talks to Elias, and it's revealed that he does know Carly, the little girl who was shot, and that he doesn't like her because she chases him and tries to kiss him. Hmm. That feels like a familiar theme in my life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway. Um, Elliot asked what happened to Carly at recess. Elias said she fell down because of the gun. Elliot asked who was holding the gun, and Elias asked if she was going to be okay. When Elliot asks again who had the gun, Elias says he did. Um, Mr. Barrera asked for a lawyer. Elliot says that's fine, but Elias has to stay with them. Um, Cragen tells Munch and Finn, Munch to get Finn. Wow. And track down friends, family, and neighbors, anyone who Elias could have gotten the gun from. Munch and Finn talk to the principal, who, again, we find out later, turns out to be the vice principal, um, who is played by Luchance, um, who witnessed the shooting. She rushed to Carly's aid and saw Elias throw the gun into the trash. She said it was, oh, he was always so good, not a troublemaker, didn't even talk in line. When asked about Carly picking on Elias, the vice principal said that she was the sweetest little girl, noted that neither of them had been sent to her office. And that's why I assumed that she was the principal, because mm-hmm. of that line. Yeah. Um, Ellie and Olivia go talk to Mrs. Strata ask if any of the kids that she watches could have brought a gun to the premises since she said she doesn't have a gun. They asked for a copy of the phone list of the parents. Um, 
Elliot asks if Miss Estrada was responsible for all the kids there, and she says yes. They don't talk to strangers. They don't leave the courtyard without an adult. Um, she takes her job very seriously. Munch and Finn are talking to the kids at the school. Finn asks Sammy if he knew where Elias got the gun before he took it from his pants. Um, and if he ever talked about having a gun. Munch asked the little boy if Carly picked on Elias and if she tried to kiss Elias that day. Um, and he said she was walking over. Elliot and Olivia are in an elevator. Elliot says that Alex is hellbent on charging the parents. Olivia says they have nothing for Alex. Elliot notes that none of this makes sense. Olivia says child homicides never do. I think that's what's the fascinating part about this episode. Is yeah. that right there. Is yeah. that child homicides never make any sense. And so if you're a true crime person... It's particularly yeah. interesting. Yeah. Yes. Um, also, just like side note, Alex and Olivia look great in this episode. They really do. Like both of them are just glowing. And we have the like <laughs> this crazy Marishka hair happening right now. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm still tracking it. <laughs> but yes. Um, yeah. Um, Olivia said Elliot is trying to find a way to make Elias a victim, but the only victim they had was Carly. Elias's teacher, Sonia Paredes, comes to talk to Elliot and Olivia. Um, says her class size is 40, cut off was supposed to be 32. After 20 years, nothing shocks her anymore, but she wished the picture Elias drew the day before had. It depicted three people, one with a gun and a pillow, shooting a person with a ponytail. Um, and it's important to note that they all assume that the person with the ponytail is Carly. Mm. Um, Alex talks, talks. It would not be a podcast if I could talk. Especially SVU Coven. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Imagine what it would be like if we could talk. Right? <laughs> Alex talks with the chief assistant DA, Charlie Phillips, played by Jeffrey DeMunn, who insists she charge Elias with murder, says she knows the youngest, says he knows the youngest they've ever convicted was 11. He says that was pre-Columbine, and Alex exasperates that he's tired of being the chief assistant in DA, and if he wants to put a little boy in prison to prove he's tough on crime, he's got to be kidding. Philip says he's old enough to know the difference between right and wrong. Alex argues not old enough to understand the consequences of his actions. Philip says he brought a gun to school. He knew what he was doing. Um, Alex asks if they should request a change of venue to Texas and have him executed. And Phillips responds that Manhattan family court would suffice. Alex brings the case to court and the judge asks if he reading the charges right Alex says an alternative is yet to present itself and evidence providing intent the picture has just come to light uh, Elias's lawyer Josh Pius um, who has played so many characters on SVU it's not funny yeah um, it's why I can't ever remember who he is 
because yeah. uh, you just you have to guess. <laughs> like, every once in a while, I'll be watching an episode and the credits roll and it's like Josh Pius. I'm like, oh, he's in this episode. Okay. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> One of his many, he's a chameleon. Yeah. Um, the judge ordered that Elias be placed in a detention facility while the case is heard because Alex says that the home situation could be a contributing factor as well as the fact that the family has ties outside the country and risk of flight is also a problem for the people and the victim's family and by the people I mean the people of the state of New York mm-hmm. um the judge also orders a clinical evaluation to see if Elias understood the consequences of his actions and if he can assist in his own defense. Munch brings in a paper and asks Olivia if she can believe that they ran a picture of Elias with the headline Kitty Killer. Um, Olivia responds, there's already a couple hundred people outside the courthouse. Munch goes through a couple of agencies who have issues with Elias being charged and then mentions Alex's name when she walks in. So it's like um, something the Children's Defense Fund, Alex Cabot, and Alex says that she didn't want to charge Elias with murder, but that she had no choice and that he withdrawn completely and wouldn't even talk to the social worker. Cragen asks if they can focus on finding the adult um, that they didn't find who gave Elias the gun um, instead of the child that they did find and asks what they gave the license division. Elliot says the list of the other parents whose kids were in Mrs. Strata's care and there was a hit, Raina, McP- Raina McCreary. Wow. That's a mouthful. <laughs> Owns a gun. Um, Munch and Finn go to the McCreary residence, and Raina says that Elias didn't get the gun from her or her son, that she has the gun in her possession, and pulls out of pulls it out of her purse and waves it around until Finn tells her to put it down on the table, and she complies. Is this the scene where she is like, I leave it at home so the appliances can use it if they need it? Yep. Let's <laughs> get to it. I, oh, okay. I was like, because I love that line so much that I, and I've never noticed it before today. Really? Yeah. I never thought it was funny. And then when I was watching it this morning, I was like, wait, that's, that's good writing. Yeah. Um, Munch asks if she carries the gun in her, in her purse. And she says sometimes she doesn't leave the hospital until 3 a.m. Munch says carrying a concealed weapon is a felony. She says she doesn't. She leaves it at home so the appliances can protect themselves. <laughs> um, Finn asks if she has a place to keep the gun that's safe. And she says, of course. Brandon's son, Raphael, gets called out. And Finn asks him if he knows Elias and if he heard what happened. And Raphael responds with, yeah, he popped that little girl. Um... Ellie and Olivia go to ballistics and find out that the gun was so easy to use that even a seven-year-old could use it. Harmless, hammerless, harmless. Yes, a gun is harmless. (laughs) Hammerless. (laughs) 
tampered with. <laughs> and then the bullets were filed into an X shape. Um, and then he says that the gun has two bodies on it. So there was two murders committed with the same gun. Um, Elliot and Olivia go to the 23rd precinct and talk to talk about the other victim, um, Shorty Esposito, and they swap GD5s. They notice in the crime scene photo that Shorty had on camo pants, like the ones in the picture Elias drew, and they make their connection. Ellie and Olivia then talk to a newspaper stand owner and ask him what he knows about Shorty. He says he knows nothing other than every time he sees him, he's coming out of Nestor's. Elliot and Olivia talk, walk. <laughs> they talk, talk to. into <laughs> what was Nestor's, but is now owned by Nikki Crow, played by Carlos Leon. Um, the shop is a relig- religious supplies shop for Santeria. Um, we learn Nikki is an atheist who runs his shop, runs this shop but he runs it because Santeros need somewhere to go to shop that they can trust. Um, Bunch and Finn point out a drug dealing operation across the street. Um, The steerer, the money man, and the lookout, a 10-year-old named Jamal Morales, played by Julia Lynn. Um, They have him go talk to Finn and Elliot and Olivia go to the market to talk to the owner who says that Elias was in all the time with a guy named Sweetness who has a real sweet juice. (laughs) Gosh, that was such a complicated paragraph to read. There were so many difficult words. (laughs) (laughs) What the heck? (laughs) Anyway. I write these paragraphs thinking, oh yeah, I can say that, and then no. Time comes to say it, and just I can't. Never. Because <laughs> why would you? No. I, why would I? Um, Ellie and Olivia walk in from visiting Homicide, the 23rd question mark, um, who aren't any further along than they are. They ask if Munch and Finn got anywhere on Sweetness. His real name is Antonio Strada, Mrs. Strada's great-grandson. Mrs. Strata tries defending her great-grandson, but Elliot and Olivia manage to reason with her. Um, she just asks that they don't hurt him and gives up the location of Sweetness. They go to Sweetness's apartment. Um, he's, there's no answer, so they go in and see blood on the walls and the floor. Elliot sees him out back laying by the garbage. Um, he asks who cut him, and Sweetness, with his last breath, says machete. Um, Elliot and Olivia go to the Barrera's house after Alex told them Elias was back home until trial. Mr. and Mrs. Barrera are reluctant to let them talk to Elias until Olivia mentions they believe that Elias witnessed a murder the night before the shooting. Elliot talks to Elias about where he spends the money that Sweetness gives him, and he says on well, Elliot asks on crayons, and Elias nods. And about the picture he drew of Shorty being shot, Sweetness didn't shoot Shorty, it was Machete. Um, Elias took the gun because he didn't want Machete to kill him too. 
Um, Elliot asked Elias where the murder happened. He was at Mrs. Strada's. Elliot and Olivia asked Mrs. Strada where she was the night, well, on Sunday between 10 and uh, 10 p.m. and midnight. She says she was sleeping. They go into the room where CSU is luminoling to find traces of blood. Once the lights go out, they see traces of blood and wheel marks, like one from a suitcase that they wheeled Shorty out of the room with. Ellie and Olivia go to the 15th to find out why Elias heard sirens the night of the murder. Um, there was a party that got out of hand, and the cops at the 15th talked to everyone who came out of the building that night. But uh, according to Elias, None of the suspects they narrowed it down to are machete. Um, they, though, he recognizes two people whose photos were shown to him. They take Elias on a few walkbys for the three that didn't have mugshots, all of whom they've met before. They walk into the Santeria shop and do a walkby of Mickey Crow, and as soon as he comes into view, Elias squeezes Elliot's hand the sign that they decided on, um, that was Machete. Elliot and Olivia arrest Nikki Crow while Elias's lawyer takes him outside and Nikki tries to bribe them. Excuse me, I'm gonna take a sip of my water because my voice is gravelly for some reason. <laughs> it's all the freaking talking. It's all the talking. <laughs> that we can't do. <laughs> Seriously. Oh. Um, and Nikki tries to bribe them. Elias is in the office of Dr. Elizabeth Olivet, Carolyn McCormick, who told him it was okay to talk now, that Machete was in jail now. Dr. Olivet has him draw a picture of how he felt on the playground the morning he shot Carly. He was really scared because he saw Machete. Um... Elias wasn't aiming for Carly when he fired. He was aiming for Machete. Elias thinks he's going to burn in hell for what he did as he drew flames all over the picture of him being scared. Hmm. It makes me so sad. I know. Alex goes to Phillips to drop the case against Elias and the people don't know the difference and says the people don't know the difference between right and wrong. And she doesn't want to prosecute a child for a series of society's mistakes. Phillips is attending to a press conference, and Alex watches until Phillips pulls her out to the podium and has her talk. Munch, watching from the squad room, says Phillips hung Alex out to dry. He really did, though. He did. And it's... He, like... Ah. It's indicative of the boys' club. For sure. Yeah, especially definitely. in that time period. It's something that still exists now today, but especially back then. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, Olivia says no matter what Alex, Alex does is lose-lose. One half of the city will hate her, and Finn says the other half will be tur- turning backflips. Um, Elias was formally expelled from school. The state sent him a tutor. And Munch says, don't let that get out or something because people will be killing to um, to get one or something like that. Mm-hmm. I didn't write that line down, but 
was something along the lines of that. Yeah. Olivia asks if there's anything they can do for Alex. Cragen says that they've exhausted all options and it's up to Alex to come up with alternatives. Alex is talking to Dr. Olivet. Olivet, come on. (sighs) Almost done. (laughs) Alex is talking to Dr. Olivet, who apparently used to be a DA or an ADA. Um, yeah. About what she should do hypothetically, um, Doctor Olivet said that she would recommend supervised counseling. Alex says that doesn't say the angry mob, and that in their minds, Elias has to pay. Alex says, "You know, I used to have a future in politics." And Doctor Olivet says the historical figures she looked to, figures she looked up to most weren't those who started wars but those who kept peace um the state finds that elias knows the difference between right and wrong he understands the role of the court and the role of the judge and can assist in his own defense dr olivet concurs with the findings except she doesn't think that um he knew what he was doing was wrong at the time of the incident he was acting in moral fear and an intimate imitating behavior um alex says that the people um find with dr olivet and refuses to pursue the case as the minor elias a lack the mens rea to commit a crime um there's a crowd outside the courthouse screaming when alex walks out a man says that what the people are saying is loud and clear that killers of black children walk away scot-free. Um, Carly's mother addresses the crowd and tells them to go home and take care of their children. The squad is going out to buy Alex a celebratory drink, but then the phone rings. Craig answers it, and the next scene is Elliot and Olivia showing up to a crime scene. Elias has been murdered by a 12-year-old named TJ who says, you can't kill a sister and just walk. Olivia, the cycle never stops, does it? Elliot, welcome to the Gaza Strip. And we dick wolf. I love when we end on a one-liner. Yes. It makes it, it's like the cherry on top of the episode. (laughs) So, it's my turn to do a tarot reading, but I forgot my cards in my room, so I have to run and get them really quick. Okay. Do you want to do the social media plug really quick while I do that? Yeah. Okay. I'll be right back. All right. So, (laughs) uh, while Coley is getting their cards, I am once again going to remind you that if you made it this far into the episode, follow us on Instagram. We are there. We post regularly. We answer. It's a really cool place to be. It's at SVU Coven on instagram and while you're there you can tap the link in our bio to join our discord we would love to have you join the coven discord is a cool way to have more of an intimate experience with us you can dm us straight on there you can also join our different servers so we have one for tarot where you can book readings with us or talk about tarot we have one where you can talk about other witchcraft and divination related things we have one where you can watch svu episodes live and then we also have an audio one where you can talk about svu episodes live 
Um, so it's a really cool place to be. It encapsulates everything that is SVU Coven related and the link does expire. So you wanna hop into our Instagram to snag that link or send us a DM on Instagram, we'll send you a new one. Uh, but if either of those mediums are not speaking to you, if you're not on social media, you can always send us an email at svcoven at gmail.com. Coley checks that email regularly, so you will hear from them for sure. Um, and if you're interested in being on the show, sponsoring the show, or have questions you want us to answer on the show, we would love to hold space for you for that. And the best way to get in touch would be through Instagram or through that email. So yeah. Keep a lookout for that, and we would love to connect with you further. All right, homie, did right. you get a card? Yes, we have a jumper. Hold on one second. Let it, me just grab it from the floor. <laughs> it literally jumped. It was like, woo. It's funny being on Zoom because I'm just watching Coley struggle to pick up the card. Hey, all my cards just fell out. Oh, well. I'll pick them up. <laughs> okay, so this time we have the spider. Ooh. Okay. What deck are you Ooh, using? Look it up. Oh, I'm using my literary witch's oracle deck. Word. Given to me by my mentor. Okay. Spider. Focus, planning, and digesting. So, um, focus on, on whatever you need to focus on. Um. <laughs> that sounds silly, but it's actually, like, a really important thing. <laughs> yes. Um, don't focus on the things that you don't need to focus on. Um. So, like, don't focus on the the stuff that doesn't make sense to focus on. The things you can't um, control. Yes. Um, plan out your next move of action. And um, give yourself time to digest. Not in a physical sense, but in a mental sense. Yeah. I think that... Um... That ties in really well with our self-love affirmation for the day. Yes. Yeah. Like putting yourself first, focusing on things that bring you joy and are good for you and not fixating on things you can't control. Yes. Good reminder for me specifically. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> anyway. Oh, goodness. The cards never lie. The cards never lie. Mm -hmm. So one more time for our rate, review, and subscribe. Um, rating and subscribing are the most important things because they tell the algorithm that people are listening to us and they like us and they will recommend us to other people. And reviewing is just really nice because we like getting reviews and we lost all our reviews um, when we switched podcast hosts. And um, we're holding study at one. <laughs> um, we'll read your review on the show, um, especially if there's any kind of um, criticism. Um, 
positive or constructive, um, please leave it be constructive and not negative and not bashing us. (laughs) (laughs) We appreciate the Um, energy exchange. We do appreciate the energy exchange and we will read it on the podcast. Um, Yeah, I think that's it. That's our show. That's our show. Pretty cool. We did it. Yeah, and look out for the show when it airs. Yes. With Coley's interview and everything. I'm sure we'll be able to share a link or something. Hopefully. I'm sure it'll be up on, like, YouTube and we can put a link in our little bio. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right, well, um, I love you. I love you, too. I'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Blessed be. Blessed be.